welcome to the first of our National Apprenticeship Week podcasts. Today we are chatting with companies who employ apprentices to ask them why they do it and why they think apprentices are so beneficial to their companies. Um, so first off, uh, starting with Matt, could you tell us a little bit about who you are and what your job is and you know, where you work and things? My name is Matt Siggins. I'm Head of Aviation Excellence. Um, my role is very much around taking business requirements and translating those into learning outcomes for, for customers and partner organisations. Um, Marshalls has over 100 apprentices on the programme presently, um, ranging from uh, level three programmes through to engineering programmes at level six. Um, and we're currently going to be launching our biggest cohort um, this year. Um, my background, I'm an ex-apprentice. I started at 16 years old, uh, having left school. Um, I've been at Marshalls ever since then. So I spent 10 years on the shop floor um, as an engineer and then moved up through uh, as a project manager within the MRO uh, and into a senior manager role. So apprenticeships are really important for me. Um, they really kick-started my career and has given me some incredible opportunities. Great, thank you so much. And you, Louise? Okay, so I am Louise Campbell and I'm the Group HR Director for 2XL Aviation and 2XL Engineering Limited. We are an aviation services business, so our aeroplanes fly on a variety of contracts such as search and rescue or oil spill response. Um, I've been with 2XL since December 2014 and I've seen it grow from about 70 people to about 500 today, of which are about 25 current apprentices. And we've got about 12 um, apprenticeship graduates, as we call them, that are still working for us as well. Wow, that's brilliant. Um, cool. And just for anyone else listening, my name is Flossie, by the way, and I'm here from the Careers and Education team at the Royal Aeronautical Society. To start off, could you guys tell me why your companies decided to start running apprenticeships? Initially for us, it was driven by 2XL Engineering, which is the aircraft maintenance arm of our business. And what we found was that we had an ageing workforce with many of our skilled engineers heading towards retirement, coupled with an industry that was experiencing quite a significant skills shortage. So we looked into ways that we could recruit and retain staff and apprenticeships kind of bubbled up to the surface in terms of a really good solution for us. So we started it with our first cohort of just four apprentices in September 2017. Um, and now it's, it, we try and take a cohort every year, which is really lovely to see them grow and develop within our business. And it means that the highly skilled and employees that we currently have that have just exceptional knowledge over the years, we're retaining that within the business because they're mentoring the next generation of engineers. Awesome, thank you. And you, Matt? So here at Marshalls, we've had uh, apprentices for over 100 years now um, in various different guises. Um, we've been running aerospace apprenticeships uh, since the, the mid-50s. Um, so apprentices form a, a fundamental part of our business strategy in terms of uh, retaining skills and knowledge within the industry. Um, as Louise rightly said, there's some some major skills uh, gaps and shortages coming up, um, re resulting from a number from a number of different um, societal and economic um, impacts. Um, and apprentices um, enable us to bring people into the business and transfer those skills in a much more effective way. Cool. For those uh, listening, we have um, another podcast coming where we talked with apprentices about doing apprenticeships. And one of the things that they did bring up, I think all uh, three of them did, was the fact that it was so great to kind of have this kind of wealth of knowledge that all the people around them who'd been in the industry for, you know, 30, 40 years, that those people could in a very like close setting as in, you know, 
more similar to a one on just a few students as opposed to, you know, like a university style thing, um, how beneficial they found that for learning skills and just gaining skills. Um, so it's nice to hear that from your guys side as well. That is something that you think about, too, um, as people who employ apprentices. Why are apprenticeships so important to your business? So apprenticeships ensure that we bring um, the next generation of engineers through. Um, and that's important for a few reasons. Um, as generations change, um, there's there's different considerations and, and values um, that actually it's really important that our business brings through. So um, a lot of apprentices now are, are really hot on sustainability, corporate social responsibility. So actually it, it really ensures that we as a business are always on the front foot with that um, and that we're keeping pace with those changes. Um, they also bring a really a, a fresh way of thinking um, that the generations that we're starting to see come through now um, don't just accept an answer as as the answer. They very much question it um, and in quite a constructive way. So they they really force us to really look at ourselves and consider, are we doing the right thing? Have we considered all the options? Um, and I think it's it's really um, about bringing different ideas through that, that perhaps us who have been in the career or in the industry for a long time um, are a little bit blind to. Yeah, that sounds like a really incredible benefit. Uh, Louise, all about you. Yeah, that's, I echo everything that Matt said there. It's a really good take on things. And for us, it's really about future-proofing our business. With the challenges that we are facing as an industry with recruiting and retaining individuals, apprentices or apprenticeships are a really efficient way of growing our own talent. Um, so you get really good loyalty back from the individuals that you've spent time investing in. Um, and our first intake is testament to that because that, that first intake of four, or four apprentices back in seven, 2017, sorry, um, are still with us. They graduated in 2020 and they're all employed as aircraft mechanics now and they've got great futures ahead of them. So it's really great to see that each year as we have that cohort graduating, we are future-proofing our business. That's super amazing to hear, actually. It's, it's nice to know that the four of them have been with you all this time. That's really nice. Um, so speaking of 2020, um, obviously, uh, the, not just the world of aviation and aerospace, but I think a lot of uh, industry was severely affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and, you know, it's been really excellent to see, especially this industry bounce back so well. It's one of the things that um, as part of the careers team, when we go talk to university students or secondary school students, we mentioned that, you know, the industry is always growing and that, you know, there's still definitely space and desire to have more people coming in to do aerospace. Um, so how have you helped support and facilitate apprenticeships through the pandemic? Um, you know, for example, the business benefits or how you've helped future proof uh, things like that. Yeah, so our, our apprenticeship schemes continue to run. Um, we didn't have to pause any learning, and, but what we did do um, is recognising that there was, there'd probably be a, a group of people who had the, the underpinning skills that actually we require in aviation. So plumbers, mechanics, they've got those foundation hand skills and actually you can accelerate them quite quickly um, through a programme of learning and get them up to the standard we look for in aviation. So we actually brought in a group of adult learners um, to, to try and facilitate and support those people that might want to change careers as a result of the pandemic. I think what's what's really difficult with the pandemic, so I think it's given a slightly uh, distorted view of how uh, sustainable um, and robust the aviation industry is, because there was a lot of air airlines stopped flying for a while, but actually all those aircraft had to be maintained. Um, they all had to remain operational. Um, and actually what we've seen as a result of 
of the pandemic, particularly in business aviation, is actually an area of growth. Um, so unfortunately, the, what, what we see in the media around the impact and, and uh, of aviation and its uh, job security it isn't really a fair reflection. Um, aviation has a huge amount of uh, resilience in it um, across the supply chains as well as the MROs. I think it's really imp important people aren't put off by the, the last couple of years. That's really good to hear. Um, it's funny that you talk about people who maybe want to change career as a as a spoiler for tomorrow's podcast. Um, one of the apprentices we talked to, uh, one of the things she said was, you know, that, you know, she worked on cars a lot and she was like, well, I can design cars. It can't be that much harder to design aircraft. And that was one of the reasons why she decided to change what she was doing. Um, so, yeah, I think, it's... <laughs> I think there's a real there's a real misconception around apprenticeships um, in that they're for young people and for mm. 16 to sort of 20 year olds. And it, and it just isn't true. Um, the apprenticeship is just a framework for learning um, at whatever age age you are. And you can go from you know, your your your, your uh, foundation routes of apprenticeships at level two through to degrees, masters, uh, levels six, seven. Um, it's just a development pathway. And I think as a as a society, we've got to try and stop thinking of apprenticeships as uh, a lower level of learning or a route into to something that's dirty and not very academic. Yeah, no, I think it's it's so important because, I mean, for me personally, until I started working for the Royal Aeronautical Society, uh, which was only a few months ago, I didn't really know that much about apprenticeships at all. And the more that I've learned over the last you know, few weeks or so leading up to National Apprenticeship Week, the more I've kind of feel like I've been a bit put out by the fact that no one told me about them. Because, um, you know, I, I took out a loan for my master's. And yesterday I was talking with a guy who was doing a master's apprenticeship and, you know, he's being paid to do it. And I was like, OK, well, I had to really scrounge my way through my master's because the finance is not very great from student finance for master's. So, you know, it's so excellent to hear all these like real positive benefits for doing it um and hopefully we are helping other people like me uh who had no idea about all this stuff um so by being here today uh louise do you have anything you'd like to add um about supporting apprenticeships through the pandemic yeah so um unfortunately parts of our business were quite badly affected in the early stages of the pandemic and we did have to make use of the government's furlough scheme it did enable us to retain jobs long term but in the short term it meant it reduced the number of people we had on site and as such it reduced the number of mentors we had available for our apprenticeship scheme and also we had to think about the safety of those apprentices being on site as well and was it appropriate to ask them to come in but you know especially in the early months when there wasn't much known. There was still quite a lot of um, unsurety. You know, people didn't know exactly what was going to happen and what was going what was going on. So, whilst stopping apprenticeships was never an option for us, that would have been too short term thinking. We did have to kind of stretch our program and think about how we could we could kind of slow it down a little bit. And so that's what we did through furlough. And now with the green shoots kind of growing at a rapid pace, we're really pleased that we've never stopped the apprenticeship program and that we're, we're actually expanding it on the other side of the pandemic. So now we're not just looking at engineering apprentices. We've got business apprentices. We've got I've got an HR apprentice in my team. We're also looking at operations apprentices as well. So we're making we've got a paint apprenticeship. So we are making sure that we're expanding it and not just looking at aircraft mechanics so we've definitely grown on the other side of the pandemic which has been really great i do think That's as well it's important to recognize actually as a as a sector the aerospace industry really did support it it's it, it's other whether they're competitors or colleagues um I, I know there was a number of apprentices that unfortunately programs did get terminated um but actually industry worked really well together to replace those individuals it's nice to know that the kind of whole industry came together to support each other 
and that it, you know is still bouncing back now from that too which is really good to hear um it's also so nice to hear about other methods into the industry from both of you as well when we talk of secondary school students a lot of the time when you know they haven't decided their GCSEs yet or maybe they've just started their GCSEs a lot of them seem really surprised when we talk to them about how you can do the kind of business and management sides of aviation they always think that they have to be an engineer or a mathematician or a physicist and we've introduced them to some like business aviation graduates to explain and try and show them you know there's more ways in than just the kind of traditional dem route so it's nice to hear about that from both of you today too could you tell us about some of your apprentices achievements since they joined the company uh, either personal or ones for the wider company that you are most proud of Going on what Matt said earlier about age isn't a factor for apprenticeships, um, we've actually got a long-standing member of staff who's recently just started an apprenticeship programme with us, and it's a level four programme that will see him gain his Part 66 B1 licence that will then allow him to become a licensed technician at the end of it. Um, and he's worked for us for over 10 years. So it really does go to show you're never too old to start an apprenticeship programme. And it's a, it's also a really efficient way for us to use our levy whilst rewarding loyalty from an employee. So I would definitely urge other companies to look at, you know, it's not just about intaking apprentices when they're young, but look at your current workforce as well and see how you might be able to look at spending the levy. Um, and another um, part of that is the HR assistant that I spoke about earlier in my team. She's currently going through her endpoint assessment, so she's right at the end of her apprenticeship, but she will then have gained her level three in uh, apprenticeship in HR. And throughout her apprenticeship, I've seen her really grow in her knowledge and confidence, and she's had valuable on-the-job training alongside kind of the foundations of the theory side that she's learned through kind of distance learning um, and her final project that she's doing she's looking at introducing different things to improve our onboarding process and it's really lovely to see that something that she is doing is having a really big impact at company level and again it just goes to show the value that apprenticeships can have so I'm really proud of her. That's so lovely. Matt is there anyone you'd like to tell us about today? Yeah, so actually it was an apprentice that worked with me when I was on the shop floor. Um, oh my God, it must be going back seven or eight years now. So I, I remember he he came in and he made steam engines in his spare time. Um, and I remember I said to him, it's a slightly unusual uh, career choice going down the electrical avionic route, um, given given his competency with lathes and mills. Um, anyway, he, he got to the, the end of his time on the shop floor and moved into the design office where he started his degree. Um, and he actually decided he was going to left leave before he finished it. And I remember I said to him, are you sure you're making the right decision here? Um, you know, are you sure you don't want to finish this? And he said, no, no, I'm going to go and start my own engineering company, um, making these uh, high precision, small batch um, items. And I remember I said to him at the time, you know, wish you the best of luck. Um, I hope you're not making the wrong decision and I'll catch up with you soon. Um, and actually, as it is, his company has gone from strength to strength. Um, and I am just blown away by what he has achieved. Um, and, and he quite openly says kind of what he learned on our on our apprenticeship programme, um, whilst he knew how to use the equipment, made a fundamental difference to his his ability to run a business. Yeah, I mean, it's going back to that whole thing of, you know, the, the 30, 40 plus years of experience that you get to learn from while you're an apprentice is such a key part of learning. Right. Um, you're getting or not just the knowledge from, you know, like traditional kind of maybe book learning, but also the wealth of knowledge from just people who have done your job for longer than you have. Um, so I think it's a really excellent way to learn. 
Um, one of the things we get asked a lot uh, on our careers email is to do with applications and things like that. Because um, obviously people want their application to shine through and they want to obviously get spotted and hopefully hired. Um, do you guys have any advice for current or potential apprentices, whether that's for their application process or what they can expect from the role themselves if maybe they are on the fence about what route they'd like to take? I, I think being passionate about what it is you're applying for. Um, if, if you want to go down a route that is very hands-on focused, um, look at the, the skills that you may have picked up um, in your own time, whether that's changing you know, tires on bicycles, things like that. There's a lot of transferable skills that actually you learn for everyday life. Um, if you haven't experienced that, that's fine. Um, just look for where you where you pick up that industry relevant interest. Um, and I think if, if you're struggling with what do you do at the end of GCSEs, what do you do at A-levels, um, just consider what some of your strengths are. If you've got an interest in aviation, um, actually an apprenticeship may provide you something that you'd not thought of before. Um, from my own experience, um, at 16, I think uh, the best way to describe myself at that age probably would have been lazy. Um, I, it wasn't lack of intelligence. I just didn't apply myself. Um, so I would have failed. A-levels is probably the honest truth. Um, but I did an apprenticeship. Um, it really suited my style of learning at that age. Um, and I absolutely flew. Now, it's not to say it wasn't about its challenges. It was a difficult program. Um, I can remember two or three occasions telling my parents I was going to quit um, and then uh, leaning on me to stick with it. Um, and thank God I did. Um, I, I just think there's so many opportunities that an apprenticeship creates outside of the apprenticeship itself. Um, consider where it is you want to get to when you're making those decisions. Brilliant, thank you. Louise? Yeah, so I would recommend that students or people that want to do apprentices go to careers fairs in local colleges i know that us as a company try and go to as many of those as possible as well as obviously the ones with the royal aeronautical society to make sure that people are aware of who we are and where we are and that gives the um, potential apprentices the opportunity to come and speak to people who might have gone through the program themselves or understand what type of roles might be available at the end of an apprenticeship so invest some time in speaking to companies and understanding what opportunities are available um, because there's not a one-size-fits-all either I know lots of companies do things differently some companies kind of front load the classroom time to the first year you spend the whole time in the classroom we don't do that we have a day release model and then for some of our apprenticeship standards we do distance learning so it all depends on what the course is and what the outcomes are that are desired so have a think about what type of learning suits you as an individual as well and then speak to the potential employers about what what they do um, and I think that try whatever you can do to make your application stand out from the crowd because I I'm sure we're not the only organization that gets lots of applications for our apprenticeship program and so what's it going to be that makes you stand out and makes you be different so whether that's because you've had work experience opportunities or you've made the most of and um, transferable skills with any kind of um, other work experience you've done and then I think once you're in the apprenticeship make the most of every learning opportunity you can don't waste a minute of it because you know it is about making sure that you've got those foundations for your career set then and I know that the people that are going through our apprenticeship programs now are our leaders in the future and that could be you so make the most of it. I think you make a really, a really nice point there about that values Louise find a company that that does something that 
appeals to your own values and interests that you know sustainability and the green agenda if that's what you're really passionate about look for those companies that are working on those types of programs you both mentioned transferable skills a little bit so um as a, a side point on thursday this week for those of you who are listening uh on tuesday um we are doing kind of like a transferable skills day as the kind of theme for national apprenticeship week you'd be surprised that about how many skills are appropriate for jobs you're applying to um but it's learning about how to phrase those skills and talk about them in a way that a company will see as valuable and kind of relating them to the job they're trying to do so if that sounds like something you'd like to learn more about um we'll be chatting on instagram basically all day on thursday um thinking about transferable skills and answering questions so cheeky plug for that uh for the royal aeronautical society instagram we're going to the end of our time now um, so I've just got one more question left to ask you both. If you could sum up in three words or phrases why other companies should choose to run apprenticeships, what would they be? So my three fra uh, phrases would be future proofing, skills retention and growing your own. Brilliant. Thank you. Matt? That's a really tough one to follow. Grow your own is the is the big one for me, um, but also providing something that gives people a foundation on which to build rather than just a, a, a job as it were it, they really do provide a career and I know that's not three three uh three words so I'm going to stop talking there <laughs> I said three words or phrases so you're you're doing okay don't worry you're still within the bounds of the question <laughs> I, I could talk all day about this so half an hour isn't really enough <laughs> yeah no um it would be I honestly in an ideal world we could have had you know loads of people as conversation but it's very hard to uh condense it down to something that's a little bit more uh, palatable for someone to just listen to in, a, in an <laughs> afternoon. Well, thank you both so much for coming along today. I really do appreciate it. Um, and so please, everyone, check out Turks Out and Marshall. As you can, as you hopefully heard, their apprenticeship schemes seem really, really cool. And yeah, if you have any further questions, feel free to email and I can help you out with any other questions you might have from this podcast. Thank you again, Louise and Matt. I've been Flossie from the Royal Aeronautical Society careers team. Goodbye. And now for some information from our Endpoint Assessments team. Did you know the Royal Aeronautical Society is an Endpoint Assessment Organisation for Engineering Apprenticeships in England? Here at the Royal Aeronautical Society, we have been providing Endpoint Assessment services since 2018 and have successfully progressed thousands of apprentices through their Endpoint Assessments. We currently provide EPA services for five different apprenticeship standards, all of which are aligned to the Engineering Council's professional registration benchmarks. We provide EPA for NVQ slash level three equivalent apprenticeship standards all the way up to postgraduate level seven ones for a range of training providers and industry leading employers. The aerospace related apprenticeship standards for which we provide EPA services include aircraft certifying technicians at level four, plus aerospace software development engineers and aerospace engineers, which are degree apprenticeships at level six. We also provide EPA services for the sector-wide apprenticeship standards, which include aerospace and aviation pathways via the Engineering Technician Apprenticeship Standard at Level 3 and Postgraduate Engineer Standards at Level 7. If your organisation would like to learn more about what we do and how we might be able to support your apprentices, please check out the Apprenticeships and EPA section of the Royal Aeronautical Society website or email the team at epa at aerosociety.com. That is epa at aerosociety.com. We look forward to hearing from you.